0: Where do most people tend to look in their business and in their lives? Unfortunately, they tend to look in the rearview mirror, don't they? At past disappointments and things that didn't go as they hoped. They, they're spending time on negativity, on broken promises or ideals that didn't work out the way that they hoped. Where we should be looking is in the windscreen. Look at the wide open road ahead about possibility, about growth. Importantly, about where we want to go. Hey, there's a reason that the rearview mirror is one-tenth of the size of the windscreen. We're supposed to be looking forward, not looking backwards. Yes, of course, we need to take and bank the learnings of the past so we don't make the same mistakes again. But our focus needs to be firmly on where we're going and staying in a positive frame of mind. But if we haven't got the clarity of where we're going, that's going to slow down our growth. And indeed, to create the success that we're looking for, not only do we need to know where we're going, we need to have a strategy in how we're going to get there. Now, our mind is like a satnav. You know, if you think about it, when you power up your satnav, you switch your satnav on. What's the very first thing you put into your satnav? Of course, it's the destination, isn't it? It's the address or um, postal code or zip code about where you're heading to. It's your destination. In actual fact, in order for you to get to anywhere, you've got an absolute clarity about where you're heading. You know, the plane takes off from the airport and you're on a journey. You wouldn't feel confident, would you, if the pilot said, "Um, we've got enough um, fuel for seven and a half hours of flying time, but we don't know where we're heading. That exactly wouldn't build a lot of confidence and trust in terms of the pilot or indeed your own safety. And yet in business, how many people get to the end of their year, take a breath, look at their financial results and go, Phew, we did okay, at least the bank manager is going to be happy. Okay, head down, let's get going again. Yeah, but going where? To so many business owners and you may or indeed may not be surprised about how many business owners are not clear about exactly the goals or the objectives about where they are heading. So let's say our goal or objective according to this graph here is we want to go for point B. What's the first question people ask in order to be able to get there? Of course it's the how question, isn't it? And the more we ask that how question as we established previously that you start to build up these kind of anxieties, thoughts. How am I going to do it? How am I going to fund it? How am I going to have enough time? How am I going to have enough people? How do I know it's going to work? And the more that we need, or you may even say, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. And before we know it, brick by brick, we've built a wall around us, a wall of anxiety or worry, or we've got overwhelmed with how much we have to get done. And what's the human response to overwhelm? Of course, we shut down, don't we? We do nothing. So actually, we've got to think about and keep our focus on where it is that we're wanting to go. Keep focusing on B. But the problem is too many people get focused on the problem. The problem, particularly if that problem looks like a brick wall that is immovable. So what actually we've got to do is change our thinking around. I actually think asking the how question is wrong to ask that to start off with. We've got to move the W to the other end. We need to start to ask the question, who? Who do we need to be? What kind of person will get to point B in their stride? And also, who do we need around us in order to be able to get us there? Taking each in turn, who do we need to be, already, who do we need to be in order to get to point B in our stride? I'm talking about our identity. Who do we see ourselves as? For example, if we're currently trading nationally and want to trade internationally, unless we see ourselves as running an international business and that's aligned with who we truly believe we are and capable of achieving, it'll be much harder for us to get there. Unless, if you're one of those people that uh, controls your business very tightly, And that's acting and therefore you're becoming a bottleneck on growth. Unless you can see yourself someone who's able to effectively lead, delegate and engage and create followership in a team of people, you're not going to be able to create those shifts in order to be able to scale and replicate your business and grow it. So we've got to be clear and shift in our identity. Who's the kind of person that's looking back at us? Do we see ourselves as someone who is, that's, who's in line with that kind of success? I'll give you a quick example. Somebody of a low-income background wins $4 million on the lottery. Where are they three years later? Often they're broke again, aren't they? Often worse off than they were before. Why? Because their wholly held view, their singly held view about who they see themselves as, is somebody of a low income identity. That's who they see themselves as. So if they believe that they're kind of on the sort of breadline, on the low income line, without even being consciously aware of it, often they'll make bad investment decisions. They'll uh, you know, spend the money, they'll burn the money they'll, they'll have a great time with it in, in a short period of time but they won't be building the building blocks to create sustainable wealth. In order for them to have kept hold of that they need to have shifted their identity about who they actually are. Then we need to be get clear about who do we need around us. Who do we need around us in our business? Every single successful entrepreneur is fantastic at surrounding themselves by people who are better than they are. So think about who we need around us. Who, before, how. Who, before, how. So one of the things that you need to be aware of is a couple of risks around this thinking, around, particularly around the brick wall. In the face of the brick wall, some people will tend to reduce the goal because what they'll do is say, there's no way I can get around that. So before they realise it, they've moved point B down to here and then they get incredibly creative. They get creative in rationalizing why this new goal is the right goal to go for, because of course they can't move that goal. They convince themselves that there's nothing that can be done around that. You know, recently I've been working with a high growth entrepreneurial business and a key part of their profit projections was the launch of an iPad app. And when they realized that the development of that was way behind time, I was told this has to be the new goal, Gavin. Because there's nothing we can do about the de- development of the iPad app being so far behind time. It's not going to be de- released in this financial period. I say, it doesn't work like that. You've got to keep focusing on your goal. If you think about it, in your sat nav, if you come across, across a, sat- a, a traffic jam, a roadblock, your sat nav doesn't go, okay, we stop right here. What does the sat now do? Of course, it finds you another route around, finds you another path to your po- a desired destination. So be careful not to fixate on the goal. And actually, in actual fact, in too many meetings, and I'm sure you may have been in some, all the conversation becomes about the problem, about the problem, about the problem. And people get so fixated on the problem instead of focusing on where we're heading, where we're we heading, so that you can find an alternative route around. Now, if you get too fixated on the problem, sometimes the problem can become the new goal. Because all you want to do is solve the problem rather than achieve that goal. A food manufacturing client of mine, great little story of how they were launching a product nationally in a national chain of convenience stores. And they wanted to get some um, some sort of baskets. Sometimes the you know the, the bin ends or dump bins are sometimes known as. But like cardboard stands to go at the end of an aisle that they could put their uh, their snack product in that would be an impulse buy on the way to the checkout. And they said to the national train that they got the opportunity with the campaign. With uh, we've had all of these these bins. Um, Produced and made up already and branded up ready to go in this store And we think it will really help with the campaign and the store said thank you But we really have not got any floor space left over. It's already been allocated to o- other things So the young lady from the client the food manufacturing client went oh, no I've got all of these bins made up what on the earth am I going to do with them her new her brick wall? becomes the new goal. And the new goal is, how on earth am I going to get rid of these, these bins, these, um, these baskets, to be able, they were made out of cardboard to be able to put the, the snack in. So she went back to them and said, I can offer them a financial incentive, often done in the, in, in the, in the world of retail to so get prime shelf space. And then the national retail chain said, no, I'm sorry, thank you for the money offer, but um, we haven't got full space. She offered a second amount of money. She raised her offer a second time and then a third time. Each time, the national retail chain turned around and said, thank you very much, but it's not about the money. We just don't physically have the floor space. And I'm listening to this conversation and I asked the question, are you in the business of selling these end of aisle kind of dump bins? And the lady said, no, of course not. Okay, so what's your goal? What's your goal? Is there another retailer that you could use those, those baskets those dump bins with? Yes, of course there is. Okay, great. Um, what else could you do with them? So we came up with some other ideas. But worst case scenario, if you had to scrap them, how much have you spent on making all of these made out of cardboard all branded up for the national campaign? 1000 How much did you offer the national retailer as your top offer, your third offer? 20000 So sometimes we can get so fixated on the problem that it becomes the new goal in ourselves. So we've got to, like this out now, keep focusing on what's the new goal, what's the new goal, so this doesn't take over.